This is episode 31 of the History of Podcast. I'm Robert. And I'm Emma. Today, we will be talking about the history of TikTok. And, uh, of course, as always, we have the Egg Carton Count. Oh, yes. And today's Egg Carton Count is... It's 44. We're doing well. I say that every time, but I made a couple new uh, Egg Carton boards. Like our, There are actually some Egg Cartons sitting outside beforehand and too much information, but... All I'm going to say is this place is getting really crowded with egg cartons. Like, we need to start taking other stuff out here because this is a small room. I mean, there's there's some more space in the corner, but if y'all saw this, you could definitely tell that we this eat eggs. This is a eggs. small room. We are not vegan. Referring- I mean, we've we've been doing this for about a year. Yeah. If you want to learn about veganism, go back to the, the last episode oh, yeah. for sure. And for this episode, I would like to thank Matthew Brennan and uh, his book, Attention Factory, which came out uh, in October of last year, 2020. And it's about ByteDance and TikTok. ByteDance is the parent company of TikTok. And that was really the basis of this episode. It's not the entire episode. There's There are things in this episode beyond his book. But it was it was a big part. So I would really like to thank him uh, for, for his book. I read that for this episode. Yes, thank you, Mr. Renan. Now, if you didn't know, TikTok came out of the company ByteDance. And I said, yeah, I said that just a minute yeah. ago. Yeah, and let's take a step back and just discuss ByteDance's founder and CEO, Zhang Yiming. He is, he's a machine. Like, like one time, he actually bought 99 of the same t-shirt and wore a different one for 99 days. So he wore a like one after another he wore different that's so pointless and they were all the same so no one would ever know washing machine he's he's able to turn kind of every decision into a math problem and find the answer uh he did this to he did this to find his wife and to find uh (laughs) like the where he would go to college but he received an undergraduate degree his undergraduate degree from nankai university in uh tenjin in 2001 and in college, he fixed uh, other students' computers. This nice. is actually how he met his wife. But soon after he graduated, Zhang and a couple of his friends founded a software company for offices. And he actually failed within six months, but it was worth a shot. Yeah, after this failed venture, Zhang was hired as the first engineer at Kushin, a traveling and vacation search engine. At this point, we should mention the important role the internet plays for the Chinese people. Yes, there is the the Chinese firewall or the quote-unquote great firewall of China. But what I'd like to say is things on the internet happen so fast that the Chinese government can't regulate everything perfectly or fast enough. So it kind of makes it like like an exciting Wild West uh, for the people in China where things get exciting right before they get taken down. But... You know, you people forget how how many things are censored in China. Mm. Like it's uh it's pretty strict over there. All right, back to Zhang. In 2008, he briefly worked at Microsoft Research Asia Institute in Beijing, just very briefly. After this, he was hired at FanFu, which is a Chinese version of Twitter. And at the time, if you were to put the user interfaces side by side, they look almost exactly the same. So, pretty close. After FanFu, Zhang Yiming founded and became CEO of 99fang.com. 99fang.com is a news aggregation app for real estate. In other words, it collects a bunch of information about the real estate you're interested in and lets you make the best informed decision. That's a little bit like Zillow. Yeah, and 
In 2012, uh, Zhang actually left 99Fang and founded ByteDance. It's kind of a weird name, ByteDance, uh, and it gets a little lost in translation in Chinese. It's actually uh, slightly closer to Byte Bounce. I mean, I don't know if it got that lost in translation because my dancing looks more like little bounces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but ByteDance is the parent company for a host of apps, uh, including but not definitely not limited to TikTok. Uh, there was way happening way before TikTok. There were they were cranking out apps, um, and the company's first apps had awkwardly straightforward names like "hilarious goofy pics" and "sooner or later you've got to read this." Oh, oh wow! Mindless memes were their specialty. Mindless memes, as you may have noticed, ByteDance started off kind of unprofessional. The first company office was an apartment complex in Beijing, and it got crowded with workers. All these apps were some form of aggregation, and Zhang Yiming had a vision to create the super app that people would go to for everything. Other companies like Google also want to become people's resource for everything, yeah, and so Google. it gets <laughs> kind of pe- scary when you think of TikTok and other resources that way. Of, yeah, of people going going to TikTok for everything. Oh, I'll go to TikTok for uh, entertainment, and then sooner or later you go to TikTok for news, and then you go to TikTok for cooking with feta pasta we'll talk about that yeah i don't think it's just a tiktok thing but it's interesting if that's a company's goal yeah uh but in august 2012 ByteDance rolled out how do you pronounce this to tuteo i believe i think it's tutayo tutayo tautayo which translates to today's headlines and ByteDance experienced a lot of growth with uh these the apps that they were creating but uh especially especially tautayo um and some of this is attributed to illegally pre-installing apps on stock phones. Uh, they would take brand new phones, so before they were sold, and hook them up to secretly hook them up to machines that download. So it's it's hardwired, so it can't be tracked. That download some of ByteDance's apps onto this stock phone that hasn't been sold Sounds yet. Sounds kind of sketch. And then they would put the phones back in the box like nothing ever happened. And then when people bought these phones, the apps were pre-installed as if the phone were supposed to come that way. And most people never questioned it and tried out ByteDance's apps out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And that helped jumpstart their growth where people didn't get have to get past the hurdle of having to download the app. It was already downloaded for them. Dang. Well, one month after Tateo went live, ByteDance launched its first personalized recommendation technology. This was briefly preceded by new and more advanced recommendation algorithms from YouTube and Netflix. Yeah, I've definitely gotten sucked into the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> I actually saw a, um, a a diagram of YouTube where a couple of years, I think from it was like from 2011 to 2016 of a majority of their uh, the, like the user interface space was taken up by your like your subscriptions. What had what did mm-hmm. uh, the what you subscribe to, what did they make? And now it's all, it's a much bigger portion is recommended. It went from a big screen of subscriptions and a sidebar of recommended. And now it's a big screen of recommended and a sidebar of subscriptions. Ah, shifting your priorities. And also the algorithm algorithm's getting better. So one might say that Tateo was the first seed that sprouted into TikTok. And, uh, it's necessary to mention up until this point, ByteDance was funded with venture capital from a Chinese investor named Yuri Milner, as well as a uh, 
as a SIG China or SIG China, which is an investment corporation. And their business model was TikTok's or ByteDance's business model was advertisements on their apps. And let's talk about similar companies、um, that preceded TikTok. So companies that were kind of like TikTok that TikTok was able to learn kind of from their their mistakes. So TikTok actually came in pretty late in the game for short video apps. It was preceded by Vine, Mindy, Dub Smash, and Musically. And kind of to an extent, Instagram. Every teenager knows about Vine. Twitter spent around thirty million dollars to acquire it before the app even launched. Vine allowed creators to easily make short, funny videos. The maximum video length was six seconds, which seems limiting at first, but it's perfect for teenagers' short attention spans and dopamine rushes. Yeah, I can get that. The, the short attention span sometimes. Unlike YouTube, it filters out long, boring videos like ten hours of calming music. But I will say that's nice to fall asleep to. Vine's biggest flaw was that it did not actively encourage users to make videos of themselves, and future apps would improve on this. And so there was Mindy, which was created by four college students in Lyon, France, and they were inspired by Vine. The name actually combined the words mainstream and indie to make Mindy,、hmm. and Mindy focused on、uh, short music videos, whereas Vine was just kind of free for all. It wasn't really just it wasn't really based on music. It was any sort of short kind of meme video or funny video. And the original maximum length、uh, video length for、uh, Mindy was seven seconds, so kind of playing off of Vine's six seconds.、Uh, and this was later changed to ten seconds. Seven seconds was just you know just too short for. For music videos,、uh, and then there was Dub Smash. So you probably haven't heard of Dub Smash. I haven't heard of Dub Smash. I've heard a little bit, but if it, you have, it started off strong and it topped the charts in the German App Store. Actually, only seven days after it went live,、uh, but Dub Smash's downfall came with its poorly designed back end. So every app has a back end versus a front end. Imagine to explain this. Imagine you are an app. And the people around you are the app's users, and then the thoughts inside your head are kind of like the back end, and your body language,、uh, body language, and what you say are like the front end. So, it's it's the part of the code people see versus the part of the code that people don't see, and、uh, so that's like recommendation would be part of the back end, whereas the user interface would be the front end, and so Dub Smash lacked a good back end、uh, because they didn't really. Expect to run into the popularity they did, and they lacked everything it needed to become a social platform. There was no account registration or interaction with other users. All the app did was allow you to create videos to upload to other platforms, and that went downhill pretty quickly. Yeah, but I imagine more of you have heard of Musically. Musically started out as a near copycat of Mindy. Most people don't know that Musically was a Chinese company, but its biggest success was in America. The founders observed that Musically was not as popular in China because Chinese teenagers literally did not have enough time after schools to make videos. I mean, I get it; you gotta study. Chinese teenagers spend way more time studying than I. They, most yeah,、Americans、they spend、do. like all their waking hours studying. I mean, that's that's an overgeneralization, but. 
Not not too much. You yeah. may have wondered why the dot ly is at the end of Musically. You know, I thought it was just kind of cool, but actually, it's for the domain in Libya. That's, yeah, it's for uh, it's localized it's to Libya. It's kind of, it's more fashionable. I mean, they don't really care that it's, it's that it's for uh, Libya. But early Musically influencers like Baby Ariel were pawns in every sense. Musically employees actually manually chose went uh, what went into promoted content, and so they were able to artificially make a select few influencers famous. And quick note, uh, there's something bothersome about the term influencer. Like when you really think about the word and pick apart the word, like I'm an influencer. I'm going if you're an online influencer, like you're going to influence me. Like that's not that's not a good thing. I mean, I feel like you'd be like quote influence either way, but I think labeling an influencer just sounds it's not good. Uh, like I don't yeah. want to be influenced by you. <laughs> but the founders um the founders of Musically kind of they likened Musically to establishing an economy in a new country. So stick with me. This was this was actually the uh the analogy they used. So if the wealthy are distributed, uh, if the wealth were distributed evenly among everybody, then everyone would be relatively poor and the app would fail. So if everybody stayed low on the on the popularity, but if an elite few become rich, hence the elite few being uh, being boosted in popularity, then more people are attracted to the country in hopes of also becoming rich. So the artificial fame on Musical.ly was totally strategic. Dang, that's ah, uh, that's a little. And they were open going. about this. They manually chose who became who became famous. Well, rolling on over to a ByteDance's original version of TikTok was called A dot Emmy. A dot Me. A dot Me or Amy. The original logo was a pink music note with a black background it was kind of like an off-brand version of the current tiktok logo and it was launched in september of 2016 a.me started off as an extremely basic platform that was exclusive to china some of the apps early recommendations showed up as a most popular list most active list and weekly rookie list some content creators were even assigned their own account managers from A.me who would go as far as buying them snacks and dinner and even help them with school assignments or relationship issues. That's, that's pretty big. And the app was renamed Douyin in uh, December 2016. And Douyin translates to shaky beat. Shaky <laughs> and that, beat. That kind of translates, that kind of uh, explains the, the logo because it's the new logo. That's the the shaking music note. It's the the shaky beat, mm-hmm. and this was also when the branding changed to the the now familiar uh, music note logo, so, uh, synonymous with TikTok. And one early problem Duyan faced early on was uh, I said that twice early early. Uh, one one early problem they faced was that the branding made it kind of too cool for some people. They tried too, too cool. They tried too hard to make it cool to where some users potential users felt like i wouldn't be cool enough for Duyin, so why am hmm. i even going to try uh so they they kind of had to, to ease off on the on the cool branding and also in december 2016 so remember that's that's when it was changed from a.me to Duyin uh, in december 2016 also in that month ByteDance received an equivalent amount uh, of one billion so one one billion dollars except it wasn't in dollars from China Construction Bank International. That's a lot of money. Pay it. Well, it's not 
well, it's not necessarily that it's one billion. That wasn't uh, China Construction Bank International (CCB). That wasn't their biggest investment, but it's the fact that it's the second largest bank in the world that's investing. And why is a bank investing into into ByteDance? Definitely something to think about. Yes, Zhang Yiming had his employees make videos on their own. And they would have to reach a certain amount of views or likes, and the punishment would be things like push-ups.、Oh. And this would helps employees see things from the user's perspective. I mean, without the users doing push-ups, of course. But yeah, it helped them understand to design the app and engineer the app、uh, to where they were they were able to be in the in the content creator shoes. I don't really I don't like the term content creator because it's like. Creating content, wow, it's blah, it's content. You can tell we're not like big TikTokers. We're not TikTok stars. <laughs> well, let's go back to Duyin. Duyin was growing nearly exponentially, and at one point in time, Duyin spent an average of two point eight million a day on promotion and advertising. Woo! And、uh, the user base in January twenty eighteen was thirty million, and by about the end of the year, November twenty eighteen. That number reached two hundred million,、uh, and even though Duyin was only in China, that's an equivalent number of people to nearly two thirds of the American population.、Whew. That's a lot of people. In February of twenty seventeen, ByteDance purchased Flipagram, which is a Los Angeles-based company, for fifty million dollars. This was an effort for ByteDance to make its way into the American market,、They're、expanding beyond China. Expanding beyond China. In spring of 2017, ByteDance. Which I will say that is rare. That's rare for a Chinese company to expand beyond China and go to the U.S. That's rare.、Um, Huawei. Well, well, we'll not talk about we'll not talk about that. But it's it's rare because a lot of things it's kind of it's so segregated between the China and the U.S. Like U.S. things aren't allowed in China. China、uh, companies aren't really don't go beyond China to the U.S. So that's a big deal for ByteDance to go to the U.S. And I will say that. Okay, continuing.、Um, where was I? In in spring 2017. In spring of 2017, ByteDance bought News Republic for 86 million dollars, which was a news aggregation app by Cheetah Mobile. In August of 2017, General Atlantic, an American investment firm, invested in TikTok, which doubled the company's value from 11 billion dollars to 22 billion dollars. And Duyin's recommendation algorithms. Were improved that September, September 2017, and this made a big difference. Like when it when it comes to apps, algorithms, and the recommendation algorithms, algorithms are everything. ByteDance announced they acquired Musically for 800 million dollars on November 10th, 2017. TikTok and Musically officially merged on August 2nd, 2018. Now the Musically website redirects to TikTok. So if you redirect to TikTok.com, yeah, yep. So if you decide to look it up, it'll take you right to TikTok. And、uh, TikTok learned from Musically's Musically's mistakes. Yeah, here's the official company explanation for the name TikTok. Quote: TikTok, the sound of a ticking clock, represents the short nature of the video platform. Unquote. All right. Unlike Musically, the name didn't attach itself to any one thing. TikTok's first slogan was, and I quote, "Let worship start here. 
devoted to the new generation of music short video communities. There's something troubling about Let Worship Start Here. Maybe he got lost in translation because that that does seem concerning to me. It could be lost in translation, but that for now, that's that, kind of that is concerning. that it's concerning. This was later changed to Record Beautiful Life, which lot, I think that's a lot better. Seems a little calmer. And we mentioned earlier that ByteDance's business model was mainly with advertisements within the apps. Now, 80% of TikTok's revenue comes from native ads. Native ads. So advertisers found out that when they shoot homemade looking videos, viewers can't really tell the difference. And this leads me to believe that the feta pasta meme was a native ad and some so i think some feta producer is making bank right now like when finland sells out of feta blocks i think uh fresh market sold out of feta blocks at one point uh in north carolina like this is someone's making bank off of this and uh yeah so i think that's totally a native ad and i think more things are native ads than you realize I will say, I still want to make that feta pasta recipe. Like, even if it was, it it does look really good. Like, you know, there was a recent Wall Street Journal article about how finicky the recipe is. And, like, it's actually, they make it look so simple, but it's actually some even professional chefs have a difficult time getting it right. An art form. Well, I'll have you make that, Robert. For the record, I'm not the best chef. So, that was, remember, that's 80% of TikTok's revenue uh, comes from native ads. And so, the next most significant portion. Uh, so 8% of TikTok's revenue comes from what they call DOU plus. Hmm. And uh, that's a fancy term for what I'm going to call bribes. So creators can actually, creators, people can, you can pay TikTok to increase traffic on your, on a video you create and artificially boost your popularity. You can pay for that. A lot of people don't know that, but that's DOU plus. Welp. In early 2018, ByteDance came under fire from the Beijing government on the grounds that ByteDance failed to adequately regulate content on the platform. And don't forget how many things are censored in China. So that was, I imagine, a big deal over there. If you oppose the party at at any time, it's it's over for you. And but it's it's hard to I think it's hard to pinpoint a time when TikTok went from being kind of cringy in america to now it's cool and popular like it used to be oh you're on tiktok ew you know you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about yeah but remember in china had the problem of being too cool but now well not now it used to be in america (laughs) too many people saw it as being not cool enough um and i think i've pinpointed the the moment when that changed and it was when a guy named monroe hill uh bought a beat with a banjo sample for $30 off the internet. And then he rented out time in a studio and cranked out a song in under an hour. And he, he actually rented out the, the studio time for, for $20. And uh, yeah, when the song came out, it was called Old Town Road. You Ooh, may have heard of yes. it. And uh, he promoted the song with Red Dead Redemption memes, uh, Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 memes. And he had modest success. Uh, but on February 16th, 2019, Michael Pelchat, who's a uh, TikTok influencer, remember influencer, he put out uh, a video of him dancing to the song. Anyway, this was when Old Town Road blew up. Lil Nas X hadn't even signed a record label yet. And I think this was when TikTok somewhat changed its identity in America. This made people less afraid of being judged that they were using the app. 
And in recent news, the Pentagon banned troops from using TikTok on all government-issued military devices in January 2020. They did the same with Pokemon Go in 2016. Remember when Microsoft almost acquired TikTok? A frenzy to buy TikTok came out of President Trump's executive order over national security concerns. The executive order threatened to ban ByteDance's U.S. operations if no company bought the American branch of TikTok within 90 days. TikTok finally settled with Oracle, but the terms of the deal were obscure. And here's an opening line from a February 25th Wall Street Journal article. ByteDance Limited has agreed to pay $92 million to settle a class action lawsuit alleging it illegally collected some teen, uh, teenage TikTok users' data, according to court filings. And those TikTok users were in California and Illinois. But enough the newsreel. I've had I've had my fun. Nicely with that. done. Thank well you. done. That was that was good. That was a hot take. That's the first time I've that, that was verbatim. That was pretty good. Well, you may have thought of TikTok simply as a form of entertainment during quarantine. However, the platform has been around since 2016, and its parent company, ByteDance, is almost a decade old. While TikTok isn't the first of its kind, it has taken teenage society by storm. So now this is the point in the show when we talk about donations, value for value. So what would you value the knowledge and enjoyment you have gotten from the history of. So what dollar amount is the information entertainment you've gotten from this podcast worth to you? And if you donate any amount of money, we will read your name and the state uh, and uh, from where you're from uh, on the show. And if you would prefer to remain anonymous or for us to keep your location undisclosed, please send us an email and we will keep you anonymous. If you donate $25 or more to The History Of, you can send us a note via email and we will read it on the podcast. We do reserve the right not to read the note if it's not PG because we strive to keep the podcast family friendly. If you would like to donate, click our donation link in the show notes to make a one-time or monthly donation. If you'd like to see our social media, pop on over to The History Of Podcast Instagram. It's all one conglomeration of words, The History Of Podcast. Link is in the show notes. And we should probably expand to to Twitter, Facebook. I don't know if we want to do that. Maybe even TikTok. We're not Ooh. doing TikToks. Uh, but if you have any questions or comments about the information provided in this episode, please contact us at thehistoryof365 at gmail.com. Have a blessed day. And you've got to promise me something. Never stop learning. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. 